Good evening and welcome to Football Bloody Hell. Yes, it's time for the Three Valleys Radio Football Podcast. And on the show tonight, we've got little old Ricky Hyatt. We've got Paul Thorpe stuck in a bath. And I'm here to add my little sixpenneth. So, sit tight, enjoy yourselves, get yourself comfortable. We are going to discuss last Sunday. Which, let's face it, was quite exciting. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Football Bloody Hell. And tonight, joining us on the panel, we have, first of all, Mr. Rick Hyatt. Good evening, Rick. Evening. Evening, Evening, everybody. Good evening. And also, Hilda Pryor has joined us. Good afternoon or even evening. Good evening, lads. Are we well? We're fine, yeah. You were uh, were worried about. Anyway, I'm here as well. Fortunately, Paul thought was supposed to be with us, but he's done his back in and he's in the bath trying to release his back or something. So uh, he might join us later on. On the other hand, he might not. So Before we're going to carry though, on. It's safe to say he's stitched me right up here with what I'm sure we're about to talk about. I don't know, really. Let's wait and see, shall we? Let's wait he and is see. Actually, Before we start, I think Thorpey needs to be taken in hand, as it were, because he is lowering the tone. Last week he's in his vest. This week he's in the bath. He's an exhibitionist. Yeah, yeah good point, Rick. Good point. It needs to be pointed yeah. out, Rick, doesn't it? It does. It does. But but uh, you know, what, what what can we talk about today? Then I mean, <laughs> you know, has anybody I'm not got? Sure. No, I can't. I can't really yeah. think. You know, they must. Just yeah. off the top of my head, uh, were anyone's dreams shattered over the weekend? Well, it's funny you should say that because somebody said to me, "Quadruple, you're having a laugh." You know, oh. and I can't sort of think. You know, who who was who would have said that quadruple? You're having a laugh. Eh? Who's been banging on about a quadruple that was never ever going to happen for the last uh, yeah. month? And, and it, it could even turn into a double, not a treble, because I can't see that happening yeah, this, either. This, this intro's boring, lads. It's boring. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm rather enjoying it. Yeah, we are definitely. But I tell you what, just to put your mind at rest, Dave, we're going to talk to start with. About the, the purchase by Yeovil District Council or South Somerset District Council mm. of the Yeovil Town, um, well, stadium, ground, <coughs> everything. So, question is um, do we think this is a great idea for the club or is it a, um, 
you know, doomed to failure, or is it going to cause a problem? You can start, Hilda, since you're in such good form today. Um, well, um, not well. I mean, as much as I didn't really want to talk about what happened with the weekend sport, it's not a particularly question I want to answer either, because I'm I'm sort of sceptical like everybody else, I would say. I mean, when you suddenly um, have to sort of uh, give up your own home and then suddenly become tenants within it, I mean, that that sort of screams alarm bells, doesn't it? I mean, you can have a little look at the statement and it said about freeing up funds down the line because they didn't know how much um, how much sort of extra cash flow they were going to need to sort of uh, cover their overheads and obviously the effect from COVID. But you just look at sort of teams down the years that have done similar when you think of Coventry and how many years they were away from their stadium and the troubles that they've had and you just hope and pray that Yeovil don't sort of go in a situation where they're sort of having to battle the sort of the powers that be in terms of keeping away from administrators and points deductions and goodness knows what I mean it's all right saying in the statement that you know it's done with good intentions and while that's you know that may well be the case I think sort of history doesn't lie in telling us that when stuff like this starts to happen at football clubs, it invariably gets worse and worse. But I guess the proof will be in the pudding. But I don't think, you know, reading that statement that came out of the weekend, I was thinking, oh, that's that's good news for the club because it just adds more concern than, than optimism, I think. Hmm. Rick, what do you think? Was there really any other alternative? Well, I mean, between the devil and the hard place, isn't it? Right? A rock mm. and a hard place. Devil in the deep blue sea and a rock and a hard place. It's one of those, you know. You, what what's the alternative? Well, I think I think the, the, the trouble is, um, I think the, the, the bone of contention all this is is really, uh, with the greatest respect to our, our um, chairman, um, what's going to happen to the money? Because the figure of two point eight million has been mentioned. Um, I think that well, that's a, a, a matter of public fact. I think, as far as I know. Um, also, I, I understand there's a, there's a debt of uh, 1.2 million to Sport England, which I think has got to be paid back anyway. So you know that leaves 1.6 million. 1.6 million, if that was to go into the football club, that would be not bad, quite helpful, I would imagine. I don't know how long it would last. On the other hand, if it's not going to go into the football club one sort of has to beg the question well you know it's difficult i mean if if he wants the the, the football club to prosper and to go forward it's going to take some money and one gets the impression that that he's not really that concerned as to to what happens to the football club i mean i don't know i mean i've seen all the statements and they all sound very good but um you know turning it into a, a seven day a week sort of entertainment centre type project I mean can you see that happening in Yeovil I can't personally I mean Yeovil's a sleepy little Somerset market town isn't it I mean is that going to happen I don't know I don't know and then of course you've got the question of the players um, suddenly you know we've lost Luke Wilkinson already we know that I think I'm, I'm told that uh, Del Gorman's possibly going as well uh, there's two gone straight away and, uh, you know, we've got a new manager, but the new manager has got a house to live in, so 
he's just got to pay rent. It's, it's not, but we have, of course, got a year rent free, which is useful. Um, that's going to save a few quid, but I don't, I don't know. I'm, 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 uh, I'm not really full of an awful lot of optimism like you, Hilda. I have to say, really. Yeah, I, I think, I think, I think this is the thing, Aid, isn't it? It's like for the short term, it's good in terms of being able to sort of um, try and tie up some loose ends, like you say, with having twelve months sort of rent free, with not having to worry about that side of it. But then it's after that year has gone we're two years down the line we don't know if we've still got another you know another season in the national league etc and then the money side of things are more on the decline than obviously on the way up like i feel like the, the players are under more pressure than they've ever been to try and get out of this division now purely from a financial situation hmm. yeah i mean you don't generally speaking you don't sell your crown jewels and in our case the crown jewels was the ground around the stadium and obviously the stadium itself and you know as you said about coventry i mean look, look what happened there you know and, and there must be other examples around i'm sure i'm just not you know privy to what they are so it's not a it's not a you know a great sort of circumstances really um you know we've got to get some more players in i mean that 1.6 million would go a long way to get some decent players in wouldn't it and you could say Do well you, you um... You know, could you could Sorry, you take it take it a, a a bet and sort of a gamble and say, well, I'm going to put the 1.6 million in, get it into the football league, and then the whole thing will change from a financial point of view. I don't know. You were going to say, yeah, Rick? that's the um, that's the killer question, isn't it? Mm. Um, I was just going to say, mate, if you um, had many dealings with um, the new manager in the past, or if you've crossed paths at all. No, I haven't. Uh, I met him for the first time on Thursday. He's a very pleasant chap. Um, you know, you meet somebody for the first time, you, inevitably you you make a, a kind of an assessment to yourself. Do I like him? Do I not like him? And it's only a very brief meeting. We had a chat, one another, and I, I, yeah, I came away thinking, what a nice chap. And uh, he seems to know what he's talking about. He's had fairly good uh, background at Bristol Rovers and, I don't know, Torquay United and a few other clubs, I think. So, I, you know, yeah, I think, I think he's... Uh, I think he's okay, frankly. But I mean, as I say, I've only funny. met him. I've um, only met him once. It was quite funny, Aid, because a few weeks ago, I guess it's all right to say this now, because um, he was—he does. I'm sure people might recognise him from the BT Gold Show that he was a pundit on this season. And uh, a few weeks ago, when I was doing the the commentary for Free Valleys, me and Ian Welch, the stadium announcer, we recognised him in the stand. So he went over and said hello to him and um but we thought he was there sort of on a bt sport related um, oh, right. <laughs> sort of task so i was there saying to him about you know how much of a great club this is but um we need a really good, a really good manager to take us forward now and we've got a lot of off-field problems not knowing that he was actually you know prime candidate to take over the club so i'm just pleased that whatever i said didn't put him off <laughs> taking the job. <laughs> so, what did you think of him then in your brief brief meeting with him? Um, exactly like you, mate. He comes how he comes across on the telly. He's just a very very pleasant chap. He's got so much time um, to talk to you. It was just sort of a brief conversation, but had a really good five minute chat. Really interested in what you had to say, and he just seems a really likable bloke as well. I know. 
you know, when it comes to the football side of it, it's not going to be about that. It's going to be about obviously the results on the pitch and you know how we perform. But just going on first impressions, like you've said, um, I think it's I think it's quite quite exciting. I know fans are sort of looking at it as as relative caution, I would say, purely on the back of Mr. Priestnell's statement by saying, not giving too much away, but it just said that, I think it was something like there's 50 can there's 50 applicants That's what they that said, applied it? for the job, yeah, but yeah. it didn't actually disclose who, which obviously it wouldn't, but it said about high-profile pro- coaches, so I think that's why some Yeovil fans are a bit like, well, how is this the best person for the job if we've got quote-unquote high-profile um, personnel who was looking to get the job anyway. So I think that statement is probably what's changed Yeovil's fans' opinion slightly. But like I say, first impressions and sort of how he comes across both in person and on the TV, I think he's certainly going to be likeable for the Yeovil fans to get behind. Yeah, yeah. But he'll, he'll be judged on results, won't he, and what he does. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, just of course. Highest, being the highest-profile applicant wouldn't necessarily make you the best guy for the job. I mean, just as Yeovil fans, you've got to cross your fingers and hope that all due diligence has been uh, followed and we've got the right man in there. That's hmm. what Yeah. And it, it's funny, you can look at it two ways. You can say, like, well, we've got to wait and see. And you can you can say that, you know, that's giving him a fair chance. Or you can look at it the other way and say, well, the jury's out on the new manager. It just depends. Hmm. It depends how you look on it. And it, he'll, he'll be judged by what he does moving forward. I think the thing that the one, so one thing one thing to point out is that he, he is starting to a degree from a position of strength in that in so much as he's he's presumably got uh, several of the squad that are, are definitely staying. I mean, I think people like Morgan Williams, um, Lawson DF, Josh Staunton, uh, to name but three. But I'm sure there's a few more than that. So he, and he's in a position to choose what players he wants to sign, presumably. So, uh, from that point of view, at least he can start with what well, is ostensibly his his team. Um, yeah, because a lot of the problems a new manager has is, as we've seen with Everton, we've seen with United, where you're picking up squads that have got players that have been there from existing managers, and it's clearing them out of the way and getting your own men in. If he's hmm. not, got to, not, not got to worry about that, then that's got to be an advantage, surely. He can, he can build what he wants. Well, you'd like to think so, wouldn't you? And 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 certainly, yeah. uh, as as I say, you know, he, he's starting to a degree from a position of strength in terms of the team, and and as we've both said, or all three of us said, you know, he's, he's going to be judged by results. So one hopes that that'll give him a good start. So you know, I wish him all the best, and and you know, hopefully it'll be it'll be top of the t- top of the national league and and promotion out of the league, national league because uh, we don't enjoy life in the national league when we should be in. Uh, Football league. Just touching on that aid as well. Obviously, congrats to Mr. Stoughton on his two-year contract because that's just great for everybody really? concerned, yep. including including us having him around for another two years. Friend of the show, of course. So, uh, mm. but I mate, that was a great great bit of uh, news that we received last week. Yeah, absolutely. Well done, Josh. Well done indeed. So, um, not much more we can say about that, really. I think we've just got to wait and see and hope. I've had that... some thinking time now. Have you? Oh, we've had some more then. Well, I thought I'd just, just sort of just give you a chance. You know, now, um, the question is who did win the um, Premier League 
It wasn't United, sadly. It should have been, but it wasn't. Do you, do you know who won? Do you know who won? Uh, Football won. <laughs> oh, I had to be careful what I said then. Oh, yeah. that was close. Yeah, that was close. <laughs> but all, all, all joking aside, it was a what a what a Sunday afternoon sort of entertainment it was really. Um, you know, one minute, you know, I looked and City was nil nil and Liverpool was nil nil. And then I'm just trying to think how the sequence went then, really. I mean, then City went behind, didn't they? And yeah, did we went behind early on. Did you Did you go behind before City went behind? Yeah, yeah three minutes, I think. Uh, and then the next thing you know, City were 2-0 down, and then you'd equalised. In fact, that's how it went. Uh, and then... The thing is, that second goal, that second goal that City went down, that sort of seems... You could see them coming back from one goal down, and, yeah, that's not too much of a problem. But the second, being two goals down... Even you know, with the, with the limited time they had le left, even if they'd had a whole half, that's quite a lot to turn around in a Premier League game. Mm. And to score Two three goals. in what space of about five minutes, I suppose it was, wasn't it? Five or six minutes. And what we can hope from that is, hopefully, from now on, you will get, you will be able to hear on Sky they'll be banging out the um, Gary Neville line of uh, "Okay, Gunnar and you little dancer." Mm. No idea who was having a pop out there. Instead of hearing Martin Tyler going on with his blimmin' Aguero nonsense that we've had to put up with for 10 years. Yeah, quite. Get rid of that one. That one doesn't matter anymore. So with that in mind, boys, obviously when that Aguero moment happened, it was the last minute, etc. Yeah. But would you say yesterday was more impressive than that because of the two-goal hurdle and... Quality of opposition? Yeah. That goes a long way. I mean, Villa had defended ridiculously well for massive periods of that game and I honestly thought when the second one went in you know that's it it's, it's, it's a done deal but fair play to Abu Dhabi they came back and uh, yeah they saved us all from a fate worse than death you, you mentioned Gary Neville that uh, um, I'm, I'm going to mention Jamie Carragher now because uh, I don't know if you saw but Jamie Carragher came out with a he had a bit of a spat with a certain pop singer bloke <laughs> and uh, apparently yeah. he, he said that uh, that City would never win the uh, European Cup and that his music was, um, uh, what should we call it, um, questionable, shall we say. Um, yeah, I believe Mr Gallagher said that um, was claiming that Oasis were better than the Beatles. And, uh, oh, say, that but, is, forget yeah. everything else. As yeah. soon as yeah. you say that, all your credibility goes down. The so, mm. I mean, yeah, yeah it, it sort of then ended up being a little bit of a, well... Mm. Who side are you on on that? Yeah, so so I'm, I'm with you, Jamie. Have, um, a grown-up should have taken Liam's telephone away from him at that point because yeah. he just mm. made him. They just kept digging. Yeah, quite. But uh, no, I'm, I'm about, definitely. Did you see about Noel Gallagher getting um, getting got, wounded by Ruben Diaz's dad? Yeah, he's got two black eyes, hasn't he? Oh, Ruben! Yeah. It was Ruben Diaz. Oh, was it? Yeah. 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 Oh, that's good then. <laughs> Well, why would but Leo would be, could be claiming it was him sooner rather than later. Uh, <laughs> but then you, you could have asked, why, why, why would he fall out with, with City? I mean, he's supposed to support City. Uh, so I'm assuming it was a complete accident, was it? Yeah, in the celebrations? That's, what, that's what I heard, yeah. He just bumped into him. And he's a big old unit. Yeah. And Noel isn't. So there was That's one way to take out one of the Gallagher well, I, brothers, I, isn't it? Just claim you're celebrating. Oh, sorry, I accidentally yeah, yeah. nutted you in the face. Celebration. <laughs> I think that's excellent news that both of them have got, um, you know, knocked down, as it were, one one sort of verbally and one <laughs> physically. I think that's excellent. Excellent. Well done, 
um, Jamie Carragher. Ruben Diaz is dad. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Ruben Diaz. Well and done. Well done. <laughs> so, but uh, without sort of constantly taking the poor old uh, Michael out of our friend Hilda, um, <laughs> I think well, one's, one's got to say. Before before you stop taking them again, Adam, I, I just Dave, how did you how did you get there today? Because apparently you've only got two wheels on your wagon, <laughs> <laughs> and you're still rolling along. This morning, I, I was su surprised I could get anything done wading through all the United fans bringing out their travel pictures. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, who would do I, such a thing? I was, I, it just made me laugh, I was thinking. And Liverpool fans get, you know, all the stick for living in the past. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, we're all the same. The we're all the same, Rick. All are. the same. Of course we are. <laughs> and the beauty is, football's cyclical. So you know, ten years down the line, whatever, the boot will be back yeah. on the proper foot, and we can all enjoy football again. Well, quite. <laughs> but I, I think you know, honestly, you know, you, you've had a bad weekend, Hilda, and and all I can say is. I'd go away if I were you because you're going to have another bad weekend next Saturday. Wow. I think, uh, you know, two bad weekends in a row, it's, it's a bit much really, but I do think... Well, that, they've, got, uh, they've got a shout out because at least the uh, Champions League can go to penalties, whereas, of course, the Premier League couldn't. And no, that's true. The only way Liverpool win trophies these days is by penalties, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's sad, really, but uh, on a more serious note, I mean, when, when Jurgen Klopp was manager initially... I must admit, I, I thought he sort of seemed fairly reasonable. Fairly reasonable for a... I mean, you know, you've know, got to bear in mind he's a Liverpool manager and one, one obviously, you know, tends to hold to the arm's length at least. But I just think, just lately, and I'm being perfectly serious now, I think he's got so arrogant and all this fist-pumping business that he goes out on the pitch every week, I really do think it serves him bloody right. Because I think, he, you know, he's a total arrogant ass, in my opinion. So I'm, I'm absolutely delighted that Manchester City won it. And, and it's, it, when you're faced with a dilemma of your, the two clubs you hope the most, and you, you who do I pick? I hate them. I hate City and I hate Liverpool. And they're both battling for the main prize. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty hard to take, really, isn't it, Rick? But, but, yeah, it is. So, know. Dave, Dave. Adrian's had his say. What do you think of Jurgen Klopp's ass? <laughs> well, as far as I'm concerned, he's the man. I'm, I, you, know, you should stop talking out of it. I, help. I understand that there was, particularly during COVID, um, I think he got to a point where he needed to just stop complaining about fixture congestion and things like that. There was that awkward television interview, wasn't there, with Des Kelly, and it was just very awkward viewing, particularly as a Liverpool fan. But, I mean, in terms of, you know, you probably look at it a bit differently than I do, and obviously you would do, but I look at where we were when we had Roy Hodgson trying to take over and steer the ship, and Rogers got close, and then... His answer to getting rid of Suarez was bringing in Balotelli, Barini and Ricky Lambert to try and fire us to victory. I mean, we've come on, exactly, we've yeah. come on so far. And yes, of course I'm disappointed that we've not won it. You would be. And City winning, what, 
four of their last five Premier League trophies, and they've now overtaken Chelsea in the oh, Premier no. League. They, I mean, it's incredible what they've done. It's so frustrating for a Liverpool fan to only li- miss out on the odd one or two points when you look at how many points we've accumulated and it's counted for nothing. Did the, did the way it, that, that Sunday evolved, did, that, did you feel worse because of that? Was it worse having been in a situation where it was so close? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I know it's easy to say that going into the game, it you go into it a bit relaxed because, you know, City needing to win, they're playing Aston Villa, they're at home. They're probably going to do it. You're not expecting that type of drama to unfold. And certainly then, not them as to it go does. 2 0 down. That's the yeah. thing. The fact that they were 2 0 down after uh, with about 15 minutes left, I think it was, wasn't yeah. it? The frustration that I was having is that watching the Liverpool game and seeing the City result come through, even at 2 0, um, we just could not break Wolves down at all. Connor Cody must have taken about four or five balls straight in the face. Bolly was playing like he was Paolo Maldini. Just could Connor not. Cody Scouse is. Do you know if he's red or blue? Because he's, he's from Liverpool, isn't he? So you he know, is. He's, yeah. He's Liverpool Academy. Liverpool Academy oh. came through. Exactly. Ooh, look at what you could have won. So there was <laughs> that frustration where I was thinking, yeah. "Oh, if we're not going to win it, please don't win it by us not doing our bit to to did win you, the title." Did you pick up on that thing in the ground? Somebody got a message yes, or something that it I was did. But, yeah. I started but, but watching it on the on the TV, obviously the commentator said straight away, "Well, it's still yeah. free to at the Etihad." So obviously as a viewer, oh, I know. Um, I think it did. I think it did confuse Salah because when he went off celebrating, I think there was a, a picture yeah, on social media yeah. of a fan saying 3 two, mate, three two. <laughs> But I think it would have been too much of a big ask for Villa to get back into it. I don't know what you boys were watching at that point, um, but watching I wouldn't City. have thought Villa would have had a chance after three two. I wouldn't but they have didn't, thought. Actually, no. Fair play to, but it, it was bizarre. Some people, some of the players in added time were going down with crap, and there was a good. There were four minutes of, of added on time, and a good minute and a half of that was spent treating cramp, and there was no time on at the end of that. I mean, I know it's nitpicking, but if you were Villa or Liverpool or whatever, you'd... but then again, it's Liverpool have had the, the run of the green from the rub of the green from the officials for the last six months, desperate to make it into a, a competitive title race. So uh, it's understandable they didn't get that little bit at the well, end. Well, I mean, what was it? What was it in January? Was City twelve points clear or something? something yes, yeah, I mean, twelve points. I think we said on here a few times, didn't we, that it was pretty much done. So I don't know if you look at it as say that City very near. If if they hadn't have won it yesterday, would we call them bottle jobs? Or... Yeah, very probably. Yeah. I think so. much... it would have more a case of them losing it than Liverpool winning it. But then having said that, Liverpool's run over the last three months has been incredible. Did we... Um... Did we think that Pep's tears were genuine? What did we think on that? You're talking about the I don't managers. Think anything and... he, I don't think anything he does is genuine at all. It's all for the cameras. Because he's so proud. I'm so proud. So yes. happy. So happy. So happy. Yeah. So happy. I'm not Pep. I'm not. No. <laughs> well, we'll see when he has to cope with a, a new manager at Old Trafford and see how things change there a little bit. Because it's not going to be... Uh, Let's not get ahead of ourselves, eh? No, no, I'm not getting ahead of myself, but I've got every faith... The battle of the bold frauds. I've got every faith that he's going to uh, do something, you know. 
I don't share this op this optimism that all everybody else has got. Oh, it's going to take them five years to say. I, I don't see it that way at all. I think uh, I think there's every chance that that Ten Hag can can make a huge difference very quickly. If he if he gets rid of the I mean, he's seen how bad we could be at Crystal Palace because I watched the whole of the second half of Crystal Palace and it was dire. Um, Ironically, a performance like that would actually is more in, informative for him because there was no nothing on the result. But seeing a team play that badly that you're coming into, it's got to be more informative than if United had won one nil or two nil or something and had a had a routine end of the season game. He's seen exactly what he's dealing with. Yeah, so, yeah, quite. And also all the noises he's made today, as we as we record this, he's done his first press conferences on on Monday and. I, th I think he came across really well. He's, he's a bloke who seems to know his own mind. He's, he's got a... Rather than being somebody who's a sticking plaster over a problem, it seems like he's going to do whatever the equivalent of more than a sticking plaster is. But he looks like he's going to do it root and branch and sort the whole situation out. He's making all the right noises so far. Mm. So, fingers crossed, eh? Well, certainly, because I think, you know, I think Ralph has been... Uh, I'm afraid a, a total waste of time. I, I think he's done very, very little, and and he, you know, I think it's the job of a manager to try and motivate players, and he just doesn't strike me as the type who could motivate a, a, yeah, but when they a down banana. Tools, what, what 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 they down tools on him? What you're supposed to do? His pressing thing lasted the first what half an hour, maybe the first half of his first game against Crystal Palace, mm. and then they just yeah. down tools on him. Yeah. Well, true, so, but I mean, you know, can you imagine Brian Clough if they if they'd have down tools on him? No, I mean he wouldn't have put up with it. So, you know, I just a certain Scotsman who was reasonably successful at Old Trafford, he wouldn't have put up with it. No, either. You know, which so therefore, you know, you can't say, well, yeah, but he tried. He he, he failed, failed miserably, frankly. Yeah, and quite how he quite quite how he's going to help from a consultancy point of view. I can't really I can't really see where that's going to come from. Quite honestly. Because you know, Ten Hag sounds gives the impression he's a strong mentally sort of person, and and yeah. and Ralph, I'm afraid, doesn't come over as a particularly strong person at all. He he speaks well, but but you know, speaking well is just only one element of the job, isn't it? Really, that's the point. But you know, and I was watching Cavani. You know, it was his last game. You'd think he'd want a bit of pride to sort of say, well, I, I put on a good performance, score a couple of goals, go out, go out on a high. You know, for my time at Old Trafford, he didn't. He didn't try an inch. Awful, awful. The thing is, as much as he made noises to the contrary, I think as soon as Ronaldo came back, after United had promised Cavani all these, made all these promises during the summer, yeah. And as soon as Ronaldo came back, there's no way they could fulfil it. In fact, I'm even. He must have been paid a shed load to give up the seven, because he yeah. wouldn't have done it. No, 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 quite. So somebody, he's made a few quid out of doing that. And then he's been injured, he's been on holiday, he's been doing whatever. He's just, he might as well have disappeared then because yeah. there's been no point. As soon as Ronaldo signed, he may as well have left. There was no point in him being there, really. And he did, fact, show, he at, he did show at times that he has got a, a lot of skill, a lot of, a lot of ability. But... Well, he had one game, didn't he, where he played with Ronaldo up front against Spurs, mm. where it looked like it could work. But yeah. other than that, other than that, this season, not a lot really. No, I don't know, but um, there we go. But um, going back to, to, to the, the two protagonists at the top, what's going to happen next season to them? I think that's an interesting sort of. 
I see that that uh, already Jurgen, Jurgen the German, has bought um, this bloke Carvalho is his name I think from from Fulham. Oh, from Fulham. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm not totally aware of uh, what position he plays or what he does, to be honest. But um... One thing that has happened over the course of the season is, uh, I think a lot of people were saying that over the last couple of years, Liverpool have got a stronger first 11, starting 11, than anyone in the league. But there's not an awful lot of depth behind it, whereas City had quality all throughout their squad. Their squad. Quietly, as the season's gone on, Liverpool's squad has now got a depth to it that you would not have that they didn't have 12 months ago. Now they've mm. got genuine... Some of the signings he's made have been absolutely fantastic from a, from a footballing point of view. The depth in that squad now is incredible. But what about uh, City in Haaland? What's he going to do? He's be, he'll be injured most of the season. You if know? you get yourself injured playing in Germany, what's he going to do playing in the, in the Premier League? Yeah. If you can get... Rick's right. If you can get 30 games out of him, you know, yeah. plus, then obviously... That is going to be, you know, a, a huge boost to City because there's no doubt about it that he can he can score goals and, and some. But I think City have shown this season that, you know, if they weren't going to win the title next season or do well in Europe again or something, I don't think it's going to be anything to do with how many goals they get. Like they've always been okay. It's a different way front. of playing, isn't it? It gives them an alternative game. game yeah, they don't have to so, do that now. I don't think it necessarily means sort of, you know, I think a few people sort of been suggesting, well, if they get Haaland, then, you know, everything's just sort of a write-off. We're not going to bother sort of turning up. But I think they still need a little bit of um, uh, defensive reinforcements because, like Rick says, talking about the squad depth, like suddenly with the injuries that they had, what was it yesterday? And Pep had to change it. You had Fernandinho yeah, at centre-back, centre John Stones at right-back. Yeah. And so I think there is still going to need to be a little bit of um, reinforcement on on that front. But just talking about generally who's going to get closer to sort of City Liverpool next season, you would still expect them to be relatively ahead of the rest. However, when you look at the uncertainty with Chelsea, and mm -hmm. um, you know there's an opportunity for United right there to sort of try and at least sort of pit that place. Certainly to start with, with um, you know, you don't even know what funds are going to be available for Chelsea. Are they going to completely sort of not fall off a cliff? But, you know, you've got the likes of Newcastle that are going to be spending big now. How big are they going to be spending? Are oh, they they'll be, be spending a hell of a lot spending? because, of course, they've got this new shirt that they can sell now. So people are really flocking in to buy the new shirt. Not, the yeah. whole sale of Newcastle is not sports watching. It's a complete coincidence that their third kit for next season is exactly the same as the Saudi Arabia kit. Yeah, absolutely. Nonsense. Absolute nonsense. And they're taking everyone for a mug and they're being allowed to get away with it. Yeah. Shameful that they should be in the league. Mm -hmm. It is, you're right. Is that scotch yeah. you're drinking? Uh, no, it, it should be. It's actually Ribena. Oh, Ribena. Oh, right. Okay. No, it I, is in a whiskey glass because it do, makes me feel better about myself. All oh, right. He's all mad. Do, do you know what? There was an old Yeovil player once that used to drink Ribena called um, Barrington Belgrade. Do you remember him? That's how I do. Name rings the bell. Yeah, he was. He was. Uh, he was. He was good. Actually, he was quite. He was. He had a lot of speed. Winger, and I remember doing yeah. a few interviews with him. And 
Everybody, you know, what's your favourite drink? Oh, lager, beer, whatever. You... Rabina. <laughs> so, um, not, not casting any dispersions <laughs> in your direction at all, drinking rather, because I do drink it myself from time to time. But yes, it's. Uh, yeah. Well, Hilda, um, Saturday's your big day now. Um, of course, this is the day. Another that, one. Yeah, this is this is the day <laughs> you end up only winning the double, uh, which includes a Mickey Mouse cup. But nonetheless, uh, you've obviously got some hopes for Saturday. What do you think? Yeah, very much so. I mean, if you take where what Real Madrid have done this season, they're such a an enigma in terms of they've had such up and down results. And even in the latter stages of the Champions League, they've been totally outplayed. But then they just seem to score just enough at the last minute to either take it to extra time or... Um, to go on and win the game. Uh, they just seem to be able to pull it out. So what I'm hoping doesn't happen is that Liverpool get off to a really fast start. They absolutely dominate it, but then can't get the goal. And then by 80 minutes or something, Benzema then pops up with two goals and job done. So from that point of view, I'm confident that we can guess at Real Madrid. It's just a case of whether or not we can obviously take our chances because I think it's going to be vital because the longer that it stays at sort of nil-nil or we're only one nil up, for example, they've shown, particularly against City in that game against Chelsea as well, at Chelsea, were they not like four nil down or something at one point until they got that goal in the last 10 minutes just to then go on and win it in extra time? So... Hopefully, if we can be as dominant as the other two English clubs have have, uh, have been, but take our chances, then we should be OK. And little stat for you as well. The last time Real Madrid lost a cup final in Europe was uh, 1981 against Liverpool in Paris. So let's hope for the same again. Well, as a, as a pure neutral, there's a course. I, I think that Benzema is going to rule supreme. Um, you know, I, I, I can't, you haven't got a prayer. Possibly I, I, a doubt for Van Dyke. That I, would be huge if he yeah, did to start. Yeah. Uh, who's the on other the, one? There's on, two of them, isn't there? Is injured. That subject, uh, though, say, say, saying about doubts and whatever. What minute do you think Salah goes off injured? <laughs> well, that's presuming he it, starts, isn't before, it? Isn't it? That, it? That's presuming yeah, and he's, he's injured. Came I think. The FA Cup final as well. He came on last week. Uh, sorry, yesterday. Uh, or last week, as you're listening to this. Um, so it'll be interesting to see um, who does start. Um, I'll be interested... The thing is, uh, you're, you're not the boys to ask because of your allegiance, <laughs> but... I've, Go on, try it. I don't know if this is on your list at all, but I don't know if you would have seen this week where KDB uh, De Bruyne has been given Player of the Year, right? Which sure. I am actually happy with. Because there's lots of Liverpool supporters and other people saying that Salah's been robbed. But I'd like to know what you boys think. Because as far as I'm concerned, Salah was world class until he went to the African Cup of Nations and then he's just stopped. Nail on the head. Exactly the point I was going to make. He's, he, he's look, his touch looks heavy. He's, he's given that he's making the wrong decisions. Like his goal on Saturday, um, yesterday, although it very nearly might have been the goal that won him the league. He just about got a toe on it and shoveled it into the bottom corner. Yeah. So I obviously can't do him too much of a disservice on that. But I was talking to um, my friends about it when we went to the FA Cup final, where if we started um, Mane, Diaz, Jota, I wouldn't be unhappy with that. 
Well, Mane certainly sort of seems fairly sharp at the moment, doesn't he, with his goals? But um, Salah's injured, though, isn't he? I'm sure I read somewhere that it was, it's him and um, uh, Van Dijk. He was, mate, but he came on. He came on in the second half um, against Wolves and then got the goal. He came off in the first half in the FA Cup final. Oh, of course, you but... went to the FA Cup. You've been dying to drop that into the conversation, haven't you? I knew that. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he tried two or three times. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you going to ask me if I booed the national anthem? Oh, did you? Yes, because I didn't want to get beaten up by the rest of the Liverpool fans. Oh, you chicken, That's George. That's a classy one. <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a pathetic excuse. Well, have we established why they were booing? Uh, no. Uh, so I think it was all to do... With, I think it all stems down to uh, Hillsborough and how everything was handled. I'm not quite sure how that um, falls onto the, to the royal family, and I don't really want to say too much if I'm getting my facts completely wrong here, but I think that's a lot to do with um, the reasons behind it. Oh, a bit much. Having a go at Prince William, he didn't do anything. You know, he's totally... Well. But then, you see, that is that is typical of your scouser, isn't it? It's, it's typical of their, their total sort of obsession with Careful. themselves, isn't it? They're totally obsessed with themselves, that they're bound to be right, and you know, you everybody else is wrong. You need to be careful because there is a distinction between Scousers and Liverpool supporters. Mm. One live in the city of Liverpool, the other fly in from Norway on a Saturday morning ah, to course. watch their heroes play. Yeah, yeah. This is, this is true, but uh, I think they share the plane with the uh, United supporters, don't they? So, so yeah, probably. But, and yeah. Uh, it's all the ones that come in from Ireland as well. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. United and Liverpool are in the same boat there. Says yeah, but, as I say, says us the Somerset supporting yeah, exactly. Manchester We're and having Liverpool a football debate fans. About Liverpool, <laughs> Liverpool's fan base from Somerset. Yeah, but it does rather um, reflect badly on them, though, doesn't it? Let's be honest. Don't you think, Hilda? Well, it's always it's always going to be uh, it's always going to make news, isn't it? When something like that happens, um, I mean, it was. I don't think it was at all subtle i mean looking back on the highlights i mean it was all that you could hear <laughs> so um i'm not you know not too surprised by that but like i said i didn't i didn't really ask too much about it we were me and my mate were quite happy to sing the national anthem and then we saw the reaction of everybody else and thought it was in our best interest to then just sort of stop doing that immediately <laughs> so how did you enjoy your 120 minutes of all out attacking football <laughs> You must have been on the edge of your seat, Dave. How, how, how could you walk afterwards? It must have been terrible. Oh, I know. Yes, it was, um, rush. it was another it was another week of um, of mixed emotions, um, particularly when um, I think was the post hit about two or three times as well. And when that happens, you think it's not going to be your day. And even in the penalty shootout, when Mane had a chance to win it and then it gets saved, you think the momentum completely shifts. But then Mason Mount, luckily for us, was playing for Chelsea because that's, what, six visits to Wembley now and six defeats? That's that's a pretty tough record um, mm. to take. But uh, who would have thought it? Simicass. And You boys uh, probably didn't even know who he was. You probably thought it was uh, a Greek dish before you yeah. watched that game. Yeah, we did. No, I do know because he's the only <laughs> Liverpool player to make it onto my fantasy team at any point this season. He, ah, never, actually, yes, he very... never got made the starting eleven, but... The fact that he was worth about two pound fifty meant you could spend all your money on on other players. So I was aware of him. 
Uh, very good point, actually. I've done yeah. the same this season. So, yeah. so having yeah. having paid a fortune for your ticket at Wembley, <laughs> did you did you stand up throughout the whole game or did you sit down? Uh, no, um, both. So, both. But but I'm setting I'm setting you up here because what I was going to say is I sat down and then I stood up when something exciting happened. But obviously nothing exciting <laughs> happened, so I mainly sat down. Well, absolutely. <laughs> but I, I, I say that it wasn't it wasn't too bad a game. I didn't think it was just disappointing to pay all that money and not see any goals apart from penalties. Obviously. Yeah, but I, I have to say the last time I went to Old Trafford, which was a while ago now, but uh, it was last year sometime I think. Um, people stand up all the time in front of you. Now, I've got dodgy legs, as you know, so standing up is not really on the agenda as far as I'm concerned, and I cannot understand how people can spend 40 or 50 quid on a ticket to see a football match when there's a perfectly adequate seat in front of you and they've got to stand up throughout the game. It drives me bonkers, absolutely. Um, so this is a good point, Aid. So there is a guy probably four or five rows ahead of us and... Probably for a good 60 minutes of the 90, he wasn't looking at the pitch at all. He was just turned round, cuffing his ears to the Chelsea fans, um, <laughs> winding them up and giving it back. And there was a few on either side as well. And we were just thinking, why are you paying good money to just yeah. shout at the opposition fans? Go to the pub and watch it. It's pathetic, isn't it? It really that is pathetic. No, I, I guess can't. I cannot see what is... Just what is the point, really? But and of course, the trouble is, it's only it only takes one or two to get the whole crowd up. Because if one or two stand, then the next two behind them stand because they can't see, and then so on. And it's just a knock-on effect right across the whole bloody stadium, isn't it? That's the trouble. It's crazy, 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 crazy. And something else that is crazy, crazy, crazy is what Paris Saint-Germain are going to start paying Mbappe. Any comments on that, gentlemen? <coughs> Desperation, isn't it? Well, I don't know. Yeah, they, they might yeah, as well have given him the key to Paris, hadn't they? Yeah. Yeah. 650 quid a... Um, 650,000. No, 650,000 a week. Who plus a, He says... Uh, yeah, exactly. 28 million signing on fee, I think I saw somewhere, about that sort of figure. I mean, what's he going to spend... He's so only 23. Far, what's he going to spend the money on? I mean, can I have some? Because he can't spend all that. Well, it says a lot when Real Madrid, of all clubs, have to go to the sport of arbitration, mm. uh, the court of arbitration, to say that um, they're not very happy with how a contract's been put together by another mm. team. I did find that fact very ironic and amusing. Mm. Well, yeah, sure. Pots and kettles rings to mind, doesn't it, really? Well, yes, quite. <laughs> but, you know, but having said that, I think their pots and their kettles are going to be fuller than your pots and your kettles on Saturday. Only the two pots. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, the, you know, the, the Spanish <laughs> government couldn't afford any more than two pots, could it, really? That was the problem. Three pots, boys. Three pots. Yeah. Lovely, Only jubbly. Only goes to penalties. You won't win it in 90 minutes. That's Salah sure. will get a brace, and then I'll look, I'll look back at this podcast and be like, Dave Pryor, what were you talking about? He's class. But uh, listen, if, yeah, if, we, if we, all know, we all know it's, it, what's going to happen. And that at the end of the day... You're going to win. OK, you've won the FA Cup fair and square. Well, fair anyway. Um, by yeah, by, <laughs> by penalties. And you've won the Mickey Mouse Cup. Again, fair and square by penalties. So even if you did win the European Cup, even if you did, 
it's not a proper treble. Oh God, no! Um, oh no! I no! I I know that we can agree on that. We can agree on the big boys' treble is not for everyone. No. But hey, three, two, two domestic cups in the Champions League. I mean, I'm not going to be I'm not going to be crying well, at night. One thing that would make a nice change if Liverpool could win a trophy without it having an asterisk next to them, because you won <laughs> Premier League in 30 years came because of COVID. The last two cups you've won have come on penalties. I mean, boys. Yeah. The officials can't do much more to help you, can they? Come on, win one on your own. Yeah. Have something genuine to cheer about. Yeah. So um, so the, that game in Moscow didn't count, did it, boys? Yes, it did, because we got to laugh at John Terry. I yeah. think everyone enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah. He that went, he went for a right... It was raining. <laughs> yeah. It was raining, yeah. <laughs> it was raining. You're right. right. But, um, so, Eddie, just very quickly, we're going to talk about Rick's prediction of Leeds being oh, so close. Oh, how close! Oh, so close. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Oh. It was. But uh, they went mad, didn't they? they Celebrating and that, but uh, but yeah. they went mad. And I t- not far be it from me to ever give Leeds supporters credit, but they went mad from the stands. They didn't decide to run onto the pitch. Mm-hmm. And Either an opposition player, an official, a policeman, or another supporter, or anything. They stayed in the stands. What's Are the, you what's defending Leeds fans here, Rick? In, Am I hearing this right? <laughs> on this one, I mean, it's a very low bar. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I agree with you. What we're seeing this on, last week or so has been oh, ridiculous. pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. Do they want to be caged in again? Because that's what will happen. Is that huh. what you want? Because that's what will happen. And I mean, and what, what is the point... What is the point? Is none left, mate. Um, what is the point <laughs> of, um, of running on onto the pitch? I mean, what, what do they achieve? What you know? Do you, do you think that that uh, you know Pep and his boys are going to go up to every single one of you and say, "Oh, thanks for running on the pitch. It really makes us feel better having just won the game." Pathetic, absolutely pathetic. That um, Billy Sharp one was awful. Yeah, yeah. disgusting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, like, I'm not condoning any of it, but I mean that that was like, yeah. that was really bad. And if I was Billy Sharp, I would shake myself down first, and then go and smack hell out of the bloke because well, I think that was disgusting. People taking retaliatory action. It's good that Pat, nobody's bringing any charges against Patrick Vieira. Yeah, because he was kicking out, wasn't he? Yeah, mm. fair play to him. <laughs> it's his workplace. It's his place of work, and you've got these nupties running on on a. It is, I forget who said it. Somebody said it on the, the coverage yesterday they were talking about it. And it's it's like it's since the pandemic and people have been allowed back into the stadiums, they seem to have forgotten how to behave when you're in there. Yeah. It's not a licence to do behave however you want. No. You're there to watch a game. It, it used to be, like, you didn't have to worry about things like that in the past. Like, I think back yeah. to, say... Um, 2013 aid when um, the pitch invasion the Sheffield United game you know um, my memory of it is we did run onto the pitch and I gave Danny Higginbotham of Sheffield United a little tap on the chest just to let him know that he lost but that was all that was I suppose now was he unaware now, of that? now, that, now that would be assault and I'd be looking yeah. at doing time <laughs> and they don't have Rybina in, in clink either so uh, <laughs> you know but yeah, we did. We, I just think because we were climbing all over the, the the dugouts and things. I can remember that. And Gary was mm. was one side, and 
Yeah, I remember. But no one was bringing the goalposts down like they were in the Etihad. I found that very strange. Yeah. No. And they stuck like a little goal. So it must have been about seven or eight and stuck her on top of it. And yeah, and did you see the dad? Pieces. Presumably, I hope it was the dad, uh, videoing it anyway. Well, yeah. well one of them was sort of lying in, in, in the net like a... Like a um, What's it called? Uh, da, 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 da. Lying in a net thing. Yeah, but you know, what are those things that you lie <laughs> like in? Like a fish. Yeah, come on, help <laughs> me here. Are you thinking of a North Sea fisherman, Adrian? Or uh, a human uh, cannon? No, 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 no. no. You have them in the jungle hammock? and you sleep in them. What do you call them? A hammock. Venus hammock, that's hand. the word, that's the word. Oh, hammock. Hammock. And there was kids lying oh. in the net like a, like a hammock. Uh, so that must have been why the father was taking the videos of it because it was a unique opportunity to make a hammock out of a Manchester City goal, really. But but being serious, move, moving on, just to look at a few of the other contenders that didn't come anywhere near it. Um, Chelsea, what's going to happen there? Because obviously you've got the uncertainty about the club. You know, even I, I mean, I can't really see it going into liquidation or anything. But but well, I mean, the, this it, last week's the first time I've heard it mentioned that maybe Tuchel might walk. Really? There's that much going on. Yeah. Hmm. What what? He wants a bit of certainty and wants to be able to know who's in his squad, who he can bring into his squad. Well, quite because but, he, he's going to possibly miss out on players because he can't move on them. Well, that's and not only that. Saying, he people might... have been saying, oh, why have you let them run down their contracts? Why have you let them leave? They weren't financially able to offer them a new contract no. at that time. He'd be leaving with his stock quite high as well, I think. Yeah. If he was to leave now, I think pretty much every club that then got rid of their manager, he would be... Connected. Right up there for, yeah, definitely. For sort of taking well, over. And talking of which, did you see um, Conte pocketed two and a half million for getting Spurs into the top four? How many new wigs is he going to get with that? That's ridiculous. Hmm. A lot of money, though. Well, I don't knock Arsenal it. Arsenal threw that away, though, didn't they? Because it was theirs for the taking. Oh, but, yeah. But, I mean, it makes me... It, there's some sort of natural justice there because the way Arteta's behaved over the last month is absolutely shameful. He's, he's not covered himself in any glory with his his dealings with people. I don't think so anyway. After, after over that period of time, I just I'm glad he didn't get it. Do you think? Uh, can you see Chelsea or Spurs or Arsenal, all three London clubs? Can you see them improving their position in any way next season? Arsenal possibly will. They've got the nucleus of a decent squad. Spurs are still too reliant on... Well, they've got three now, haven't they? Got Now that Kulisevsky's come into it. But you've got Son and Kane. There mm. isn't an awful lot more. How do, you, how do you boys see this? Because, obviously, you know, it's easy to sit here and say that, oh, next season will be more of the same. But it never works like that, does it? Sometimes it does for not. a small period of time. But then it does eventually change doesn't it it just yeah. always does okay you might get some periods that are longer than others but i mean but is it more going to be liverpool and city have to be on the decline and then there has to be a bit of improvement as well and sort of meet somewhere in the middle well it's for it, that's for what it to be as early as next season you can't rely because somebody asked ten Hag this earlier on you know are you can you see anyone making a challenge while Klopp and guardiola are still there but you have to look at it that you're going to take them on at their strongest. You can't wait for their decline. Yeah, and there was last season as well, of course, when we took out our defence and then that obviously put us down a bit further until mm. Alisson got that goal at West Brom and just about managed to qualify for the Champions yeah. League. But you can't rely on stuff like that to happen, obviously, because that's you know quite a rare thing to happen where you're just missing all but, of like one area. 
but but it's quite interesting that you've got you've got three teams uh, ostensibly from the north, i.e., City, United, and Liverpool, and then you've got four teams from London, if you sling West Ham into it, who are the closest to to, to make any sort of attempt to to upset the uh, you know the, the way things are finishing. Um, I mean, personally, I think West Ham are flatter to deceive, frankly. Um, I mean, they've done all well, right. They took their eye off the ball, in fairness, in the league. They, once that uh, Europa League run started going, and they were in the late stages of that, I don't think they were concentrating on the league. Mm. But then look how they played against uh, against Man City last week. That was a, that was an incredible performance. Yeah, but it's it's too uh, up, you know, it's too iffy all the time for me. I think West Ham, you know, they, they they're not consistent enough. Well, that's the way I look at it, anyway. But um, but but are any of them going to really challenge? Are United going to challenge? I mean, we 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 all hope. Well, you don't, Hilda, but um, me and Rick hope that, that they are going to challenge. But we don't really know yet. I mean, we're we're putting it all on um, a decent PR operation on Ten Hag. We're told he's good. All right, his record at Ajax is 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 pretty good, to be fair. Um, so you know, is he is he as good as he's made out? Time will tell. But are, are, you know, are any of them, or is it going to be roughly the same sort of order? Uh, Put next, it this way, boys: season? before a ball's kicked. So if I say I can give you Champions League football now in this first season, would you take it? Yeah. Yeah. It's progress. It's progress. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, you can't expect him to change things. No, I, I, I can if he see does, you being see. about third, fourth mark, certainly to start with. But I think that, then... that Chelsea, that Chelsea position is. Available, yeah, for next season, and that's that's the best that you, United could hope to possibly be. If they're the best of the rest, that's incredible. If they're a genuine contender, I'd, I'd take I'd take that. You know, at the moment, from hmm. where from where United are at the moment, which is rock bottom, it can't get any worse. It's just unbelievable to believe that a, a team that was so playing so well the season before can just turn out and, and turn out so much rubbish. It really is, you know. Seventeen years of the Glazers, my friend, and this is what this is the end result. Mm. And if I see. Tries to say it's anything else, they're wrong. Talking of the Glazers, I see Avram Glazer hints at transfer plans after a disappointing season, and there's another one where uh, who's the other one? Joel, isn't it? Um, let's see if I can find it on here. He was. He's come out and said, "Well, we gave you the money when you wanted to buy the players." So yeah, well, the, the most important thing they could do. Is stop taking twenty million dividends out of the club and repay some of the debt because the debt is the same now as it was when they had their leverage takeover of the club. If they've genuinely got the club's interests at heart, then that's that's what they'll do. That they won't get any any they won't get a break from the supporters until that happens. No. And what they say is just platitudes until then. Well, as we said, we talked about it last week. This guy that was. Uh, in for Chelsea with the very late win, uh, offer of 4.8 billion or whatever it was, um, you know I think he's I think I, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see him end up owning United if you know he's obviously he's obviously the putting out is, the tempters there, isn't he? And saying well I've got yeah. four billion to pay. Yeah, uh, every, everyone is for sale at the right price. But what you've got to bear in mind is, as I just said just then, what you're asking the Glazers to give, do is give up a guaranteed. 20 million dividend that they take out of the club every year. So whatever deal is made has got to satisfy them for however many years that they think they're going to be able to take that money out of the club because it's a cash cow. Yeah. 
Well, it is, no You've doubt. You've got to make it worth their while not to be that. But at least we haven't got Ed Woodward in charge. I mean, this Richard Arnold seems to be a little bit more down-to-earth and a but bit more... The fact he's not Ed Woodward is a start. Yeah, well, quite, this is it. But uh, are we boring you there, Hilda? I'm seeing, you know, you look as though you're a little bit tired there. Uh, you know. Uh, uh, good luck, boys, that's all I say, good luck. Yeah, well, I think that's very magnanimous of, of you, really, to say that, you know, because <laughs> we've hammered you for the whole programme. I mean, I think that's pretty good. But, I think we've I was, no, said... I was just thinking. I was just thinking about our predicted lineup in a Champions League final. <laughs> I was just, just thinking about that. Yeah, well, of course you yeah. are in the final, but that's about as far as it goes, as we've already said. But uh, as far <laughs> as this program goes, it's nearly finished because uh, uh, it's fifty-eight minutes and thirty-three seconds has gone so far. So all I can say is, gentlemen, thank you for joining me. Um, I presume Thorpey's still in the bath, so we we haven't. Uh... He must be very clean. <laughs> well, he must be. Yeah. Well, he could, he could take that vest. And shriveled, probably, if he's still in the bath at this yeah. time. He could yeah. take that vest with him and put it in the bath with him, really, couldn't he? You know. It's a beautiful image. Yeah, Thorpey in the bath with a vest. Oh, dear me. I hope he thank listens anyway. But anyway, thank you, gentlemen, for joining us and for listeners. Thank you for listening. I can't say join us on Saturday because there'll be full match commentary because there isn't any full match commentary on Saturday. But we will be having all sorts of different previews and and uh, looking back over the season, over the uh, the coming four or five weeks until the uh, the friendly start again. We should be doing all the friendlies, so uh, Three Valleys Radio is definitely the place to be. And Hilda's sort of got sort of five or six weeks now to sort of brush up his act a little bit in time for the friendlies are you going to um are you going to invite me on on monday if liverpool do win the champions league or are you going yeah, to write the you. whole thing off yeah okay, no, of course <laughs> yeah definitely so anyway thank you very much for listening everybody um and all i can really say at this particular point is football bloody hell come on madrid